Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And here we are, one week closer to rugby resuming in the Northern Hemisphere, rugby continuing in the Southern Hemisphere, and lots of stories in between. I'm Tim. I've taken my TMO shipping container to Kent at the moment and been attacked by uh, an army of flying ants. Have they been a problem in Manchester this weekend? Don't know. Maybe. I saw one of the. I saw one, so not a problem. But I was I had an awareness of a flying ant in Manchester this weekend. They were ridiculous. Well, you, you've not been <laughs> no, in Manchester no. this weekend, Phil. Well, I, I have. I'm in Manchester right now. Oh yes, true, true. <laughs> I, JB and I have also done some travelling this weekend. Oh, anything interesting? Anything rugby related? I presume not. Well, sadly, it made us miss the Super Rugby Atteria live because we were doing uh, maybe some rugby-related stuff. But um, nice, nice visit to North Wales. Yeah, lovely. We've got a twenty-kilometer walk in, and uh, some beers by the beach because obviously no one in Wales is open yet. Beers by the beach was very good fun. And what some was... lineup practice, some socially distancing distance lineup practice. <laughs> well, speaking of Wales, haven't they? The Welsh government are so touchy about the coronavirus thing that all scrums are banned from all rugby at all levels, which could have a massive knock-on effect. Is that right? Fourteenth, I believe so, as it stands. So, no, I, I've. You mentioned that before. I've not actually checked. No, that can't not... be a real thing. There was something in the rugby paper today. Was there? Mm. But then again, there were other stories in the rugby paper today which have since been disputed. Ooh, which interesting. Which, stories, Tim. which we will talk about. Um, I, I love the rugby paper. I also just want to say thank you, Phil, for having hair more in need of a, of a cut than mine because I've been feeling... Re- Do you know that when it gets so bad, you feel awkward? That's where I'm at at the minute. <laughs> yeah. I can't get one until the 22nd of July. Um, Do you know but, what? But I've just looked at Phil and feel a whole lot better. <laughs> do, you know I, do you know what I was doing with my hair when it was absolutely atrocious? Uh, slipping it back like American Psycho. Very satisfying. <laughs> that's a film I've not seen in ages. I, 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 that's, that's a top, top movie. Yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, the business card scene alone <laughs> is immense. Yeah. Well, yeah. well indeed, I, I, I got my, my, my brand new Beard More & Co cards done this week so not only did I have the original haircut I also have the original business card scene <laughs> I love it right well this oh sorry go on Phil I was going to say my hair is looking more and more like Stuart Barnes's in the Clash of the Codes <laughs> game it's more and more like that every single week although it's not Stuart Barnes please it's, it's not quite as grey as Stuart Barnes's was then albeit I am now older than Stuart Barnes was then which is really? a little bit depressing. Your, your, <laughs> hair, your hair looks like, uh, bearing in mind you're the brother of a, of a member of parliament, your hair actually looks like it should be on top of the head of a member of parliament. Well, I mean, he looks like Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, like a brunette Michael Fabricant. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, talking talking of ages of people, Phil just mentioned the age of him, but uh, Stuart Barnes. I had a few a few weird ones uh, just today, actually. First of all, I assumed Owen Williams was still twenty one or something. Owen Williams is twenty eight. Do you know that? The Owen Williams, who's just gone to Japan. Yeah. Yeah. He read the twenty-eight-year-old fly off. Like what? I thought he was twelve or something. Reality, you know is... reality hits you hard, bro. Oh, <laughs> well, get this one. Brooklyn Beckham is twenty-one. When did that happen? <laughs> he's got. He just got engaged. <laughs> I'm glad you're keeping up to date with celebrity gossip, baby. Well, yeah. I, I mean, again, I thought celebrity. I thought Brooklyn, Brooklyn Beckham was nine or something. <laughs> So here's the, here's the story. This, this will kick us off. Here's the story that's been refuted uh, that was published in the rugby paper this weekend. Uh, so the story goes, as reported, that and it's the front page story, in fact, the, the, the very reputable rugby paper. Uh, Manu Tuolangi called up Leicester basically with a begging bowl going, please, can I come after all? Can I have the deal that you that you offered and I turned down the headline rebel Manu begs for his Tigers, Tigers job back. Since that wow. headline. I don't know nothing about this. Yeah. Since that headline, uh, Freddie Tuolangi, the, uh, you know, the, the boss, the agent of global bro sports, global bro sports. greatest, <laughs> greatest name company. Although no, there was a greater name company in rugby that's gone bust. The, um, Greatest company in the world. Greatest ever sports company. Greatest ever sports company, whatever yes. it was called. Uh, but Rugby Company Limited. Exactly. Which was the Southern Kings company. Quite. So Freddie Tuolangi says, and here's his tweet. Yes, I can confirm Manu had a conversation with one of the club officials on Friday night as a matter of courtesy to return his call. So please reveal your source from Leicester Tigers because I've got the recordings of the phone conversation or Manu is going to sue your ass. Wow. Wowza. Huh. Why are we suing? I mean, what's it, what, what damage has been done? Uh, it's, yeah, it's inaccurate reporting. It's not this, there's not def. What is it defamation by saying he was begging Lester begging. Tigers for his job? I don't think it's, it's defamation. You know, what's, you know, what, 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 In, what case he had, you know, he felt uncomfortable. Yeah, he he, he might make them retract it and print a print a yeah print a retraction and and I love it when people say you know I'm going to sue or you shouldn't say that or you'll get sued. Go on then, let's just let's just see you go through all the expense of of bringing some sort of civil case about something 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 which I said. Off you go. But it does suggest that Manny Tuolangi was not begging for his job back. Someone either got their wires crossed or printed a falsehood or, or reported a falsehood to someone um or, always or, goes to show get get your second or third sources otherwise don't print it um but interesting and, and, and the other element which i think the telegraph today were saying what has been rumored and we were talking about last week manu tuolangi to sail what <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a signing for the neutrals that, that that'll be <laughs> um It'd be a hell of a signing for sale. It, it'd be, God, it might actually be that? a very good fit for, for Manu because with Sale do have some pretty handy options in the centres at the moment. Yeah, he, he's Manu, not starting ahead of Sam, uh, of Sam James, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> well, he, 
he would at least be able to manage his game time yeah. um, a little bit better than he might at other clubs, and certainly other clubs who are going to be paying him, let's just say, 300, 400k in that region. I don't yeah. know the insults of this. Okay, I, I, I honestly don't. I think the sale move stacked up on a rugby rugby basis and a salary cap basis alone. I have no further information that, than that, which is why I said, you know, wouldn't surprise me. Um, oh yeah, and also tying the fact that they're, they're like I've said last week, they've got two guys in charge at sale who can do deals. They they know you know they know the price of fish. They know how to get a deal done, and they will do it. Would not surprise me one bit if this deal is something like we will sign you till the end of the season. Let's go and win. Let let's let's go and win the Premiership, and then you can go and get get a real deal somewhere somewhere else. Or there's an option. So that that kind of thing. But you'd think from Manu's perspective that he'd want to be staying in England longer yeah. term than that. As in, yeah, he's not going to be doing a two month deal. He's not going to be doing a two month deal to sale, is he? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought. Well, it's possible, but, it, but it depends, doesn't it? I mean, if you want to get this unlikely. deal over the line, you might say to him, "Look, let's give us give us the next two months now. We'll pay you well, um, and then after that, we'll give you an option. You can stay here for this money, or you can look elsewhere." Hmm, I'd do it. Poss- possible. I'm, I'm not, sure if, not sure. I'm not sure if I'm Manu. I'd want to do that. Oh, why? You've got an option. Well, depends what money's on the table, but why not? Why not just give me the full thing? Because I would say it's not a good time to look for a deal in full-blown coronavirus now. Maybe, you know, get, yeah, maybe. Get 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 some more game tape, and then when it's all blown, Manu uh, game tape. What are you talking about? Tape. What game tape game do you need tape. from Manu? Win a Premiership. Win a, but, but, yeah, but what do you need from him that you don't know already? Like you know, destroying New Zealand <laughs> in a World <laughs> Cup in a World Cup semi-final. Oh no! I want to see how you play against Worcester away <laughs> <laughs> on a Wednesday night. <laughs> fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I would say, look, uh, get some more recent, get some more recent performances. Get fit. Show what you can do. A fully firing uh, money who's just come off a Premiership final, which he's probably won, uh, would be more valuable to the to the French market than if he's been sat at home. That's what I would say. I don't think the French market doesn't stack up, but I do agree with you on the um, now is not necessarily the best time to to sign a long term deal because of COVID considerations. Yeah. In in 12 months' time, you might even take a one year deal because in 12 months' time, the landscape might look very different Mm. uh, financially. Now, it it might might be either way. Um, it, It could look significantly worse in 12 months' time. Yes. There is one element here. There is one element here which Phil has brought up before, which I think is worthy of bringing up again. And I'm just going to do it by way of quoting Steve Diamond. Were this, to okay. happen, were this deal to go through and Manu to go to Sale Sharks? Um, this was Steve Diamond only a month ago. Um, quote, pay cuts are a matter of survival rather than opportunism. Andy said, <laughs> Andy said, um, there were some difficult conversations, but they have all agreed, which is huge for the club going forward. Going forward, it will be one in, one out. So if a player retires or wants to leave, we will replace him with a player of similar or better quality. Manu Tolangi does not fit into that. Well, and it, and if you were, and if you were, left the club. Bryn, Bryn Evans has left. Oh, Manu's <laughs> going to play lock. Awesome. <laughs> I would say... Good in scrums. 
uh, it's one of those things which is, it's just necessity. I mean, it's nice to have, nice to have a plan, and I have no doubt that they want to stick to that plan in 99% of cases, but money to a is on the market. And that's just not, you know, that's not your, your everyday kind of thing. So, you know, may, and I, I do believe them when they say that. I do believe them because they kind of stick to their structures fairly rigorously. But when there is talent to be got and a deal to be done, they've done it in the past, they'll do it again. And that's oh, exactly I, 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 I don't disagree. And I'm not saying were I not in charge, I would try and snap him up if he was available because he's, he's a rarity in terms of, his skill set is a rarity yeah. in terms of when you can actually get access to that set of special set of skills, unique set of skills. And they can probably do it at a cut price deal and hope that he goes and sues Leicester Tiger for the remaining money, as we've talked about previously. God. I'm just, I just thought it was worthy of bringing up again, what Phil has pointed out that if, if what Steve Diamond said to his players is the same as he said to the press, he said, this has to happen because otherwise this isn't, us taking advantage of an opportunity to try and trim the money we're paying you this we have to do it for survival and this is our squad and it's one in one out oh except for when we can go and sign Manu Tuolangi yeah yeah except for that and they have let a lot let go a lot of lads who um you know they're not first teamers uh, and a lot of teams have done this They've let, they let go um you know, uh, and uh, by the way, these initial names were like people like um, Joe Jones, um, Dolly, uh, you know, loads of you know, good sort of academy lads more, but they have still gone. So to bring someone else in is, is difficult, but it is opportunity and it's also professional sport. You know, it is a brutal industry. It, it is. It is brutal. Um, and it, it does, I, I refer to the point I made last week, it kind of, the actions have discredited other things they've said like that. And like when you, when sales said every single person, not just players, every single person in sales sharks has taken a pay cut, but then you um, contradict that by signing money to a and speculating to build a new stadium. Like it does. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's not talk about the stadium. You've got a vested interest in, 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 in the stadium. <laughs> I'm merely, merely stating facts, well, JB. Once again, Phil tries to discredit the stadium. Merely stating facts, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's I would I would do the same if I was a, a professional club and I had money in my budget, I would probably be doing the same because Manu is an exceptional talent if you can get him fit and firing. Um, yeah. it does. That the the thing the point that you just mentioned though, JB, about sale, sale dropped eight to ten kind of academy and squad players in yeah. the last few weeks, and and sale are not alone in that. No. numerous clubs have done similar things um some clubs have dropped more than just academy players gloucester for example have dropped oh a, load God, of a load of first choice first teamers mostly but now mostly second rows a, a load of south african second rows you don't yeah. get rid of your second rows it's unbelievable but um now we have the first four rounds of the fixture schedule has been announced for august um returning i think 15th 16th of august that weekend and there are four games in three weeks, including midweek games around the 25th, 26th. And so the, that, um, the strength in depth of your squad and the strength of your academy and the strength of your backup guys or even your third choice guys in the coming months is going to be very, very important for the run into the title. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to make, you're going to have to make guesses as to 
who's playing who. I mean, I think after the first round of games, you can look at the team that just played and say, well, what team can we play? And then speculate as to the team that you might be facing in terms of personnel. Because you're not going to play... You know, if Harlequins come out against Sale in a few weeks' time with a full-strength team, you would expect Harlequins for their next game to have to rotate. And same with Sale. And then you can start making educated guesses as to what you do with this squad. Yeah, but there's also, in, in terms of that, it is going to throw up some some bad fixtures. Oh. Because, I mean, there's really... It's five or six teams who really care at the moment. And there's, yeah. five or, uh, and there's six or seven teams who this whole thing is just a sham and it's irrelevant for them. Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely three teams taking the Premiership seriously when they restart. Exeter, Exeter, Sale, Bristol. Sale, Bristol. I don't yeah. know, maybe, maybe Northampton, to be fair. North, Northampton, and then the next two... I'm still not sure about the next two. So Wasps and Bath are the next two in the league table. But Wasps, Bath, Harlequins. Yeah, Harlequins are in seventh. Um, but Bath will have something to say. Maybe. Strong squad. And I don't think they've lost anyone yet. Uh, they? Francois no, they've Lowe. now got Wigglesworth. Francois Lowe's gone. He retired, hasn't he? Francois Lowe's gone. But that's, that's the strongest... No, not until the end of the season, surely. Uh, I think he's I, gone now. I think he might have I, gone I, now. I could be wrong... Could yeah, but maybe wrong on that. No but they've, way got, they've, all they've, they've got Wigglesworth. Garvey's gone as well. He's gone to Gloucester. Sorry, who's got Wigglesworth? Bath. They've got Spencer. Uh, sorry, Spencer. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Spencer. I've seen Spencer. 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 He, he, yeah, and he looks pretty good in his kit. Well, that Bath kit's classic, isn't it? It is. Nice. Uh, but it just is. again, just to just to loop yeah, Fr- Francois Lowe. For, sorry, Francois Lowe has gone now. Okay. Cool. No way. Oh. Just to loop back on something Sounds. we said last week, to, I, again, I just think it almost s- cements a lot of the things we said last week, this Manu Tuolangi situation and how that might be construed as mixed messages, but then how you might have to take advantage of it is one thing. Also, Exeter this weekend have come out and said that they have extended the contracts of 30 3-0 players. So effectively, they have retained, refreshed, r- renewed and extended their core squad, basically the, the bulk of their first team squad. And just to highlight that the the unintended consequence of the way that Premier Rugby or pre, the pre, Premiership Rugby or the Premiership Clubs organise their affairs, Exeter Chiefs will be working on the five million salary cap for the for the next season. And they will have to keep all their players underneath the five million. Sale, uh-huh. who Sale, who did exactly the same as Exeter have done, and there may be other clubs, I don't know, but just happened to have done it before June the 18th, can spend 6.5 million on their players well, and be well, under the salary cap, which is, yeah, fast, well, which is farcical. It, it, well, it, hang on a minute, Tim. Hang on a minute. Did you say redone or extended? Extended. So they're new so contracts. Actually, those deals, so those deals might actually have been, might still be valid. So that it will be, if they're extended, they'll be extended on the original money. Does that make sense? On the original yeah, I, contract. So, maybe, that, so maybe they're discounted anyway. Uh, possibly. I, I thought it was those who signed the, whatever it is, the amended contract terms before the 18th of June. What I mean, it, JB, is if, um, yeah, it may well be the case. But say, for example, um, a player's contract was going to run out in uh, next, uh, in next June. Let's say, yeah. 
so say Tommy Francis had one year left. He signed a new deal. Uh, Tommy Francis had a deal that ran out, ran till next June. 25% of that this first season would be discounted from the yep. salary cap. But if he signed a, if he, but beyond that, it would be up to the full amount. Yes, yes. So it's more for the long-term planning. Okay, this will more more the case next season. But next season, it could be the case that Exeter will spend five million. Will be under the five million salary cap, but only by spending five million, uh, or, yeah. or or a chunk more. Or as as the years goes on, it will be more and more the case. Whereas Sale right now can spend six and a half million and be underneath the five million cap. Well, Wasps got their deals done very early doors. Did, did you notice that? Just smart planning, I guess. Yeah. Here are the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's, it's smart planning. I'm not knocking it, and I'm not making. It's only because Sale publicly said I'm not. I'm not picking on Sale. I'm not saying they did anything wrong. I'm just saying it. It it seems slightly farcical. That it's from a regulation. It's from a regulation's point of view. It's it's, the clubs. The clubs. You'd be silly not to try and take advantage of it Uh, once that regulation is put in place. And actually, we we don't know Exeter. They might have taken advantage of it. They might have just mm-hmm. waited for several weeks to announce it. Because yep, this true. is just the announcement of conclusions. Like They might have done all of their England guys. They might have signed them up um, a month and a half ago. Once you know, that regulation was first announced. But they're only announcing it once the full squad is signed up. Yeah. True. So they might the have ma- taken advantage of it in the same way. The amazing thing about this will be, say if they have traded away length for... Money for now. Okay, so value now, uh, as in pound, pounds and pence now, but they'll add another couple of years on onto your contract. So you can keep a guy like, I don't know, Jack Noll. You know, so Jack Noll uh, gets a, you know, a longer yet um, less uh, attra- uh, um, attractive co- uh, contract. I wonder how that'll make those teams look in three years' time when, when players inevitably start to decline or you've got someone who doesn't fit your scheme or you want to change your management who wants a new type of player, all those sort of things. I wonder if these teams are actually, you know, it's good now, but there's a bit of a ticking time bomb going on. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, teams have had to make short-term decisions on the long-term structure of their squad. Yeah. So they, they've had to do things now, which will, like you say, have unintended consequences for several years down the line. And it, it will affect different players in different ways. Like some players having the stability of in a five-year deal might, will, will be brilliant for them a four-year deal or whatever it is but others might get lazy fat uh, overconfident and yeah. not as hungry as they previously were so it, it will affect different people in totally different ways yeah <clears throat> look forward <clears throat> to seeing how, yeah so actually you might be better off getting rid of everybody now much like that, that's the Tigers have done and then having a load of cap flexibility for when everything goes well turns into a mess particularly as i think the the market value of players is if it was a stock market graph it would look horrendous your financial like jb and other financial advisors would be crying as they call up their clients to to give them the bad news because um there there was one i forget which club meant who said it but in the rugby paper again there was someone um, speculating and they were they're obviously they're in a position where they would know, saying that the market value of players that are currently on about three hundred thousand pounds is more likely to be around the one twenty mark. Yeah, yeah, they're probably not, probably, probably not, not wrong. That's sad. Depends who you are, because it feels to me that there is a, a very buoyant market for some players, and clubs are looking at ways. So on the one hand, they're saying, "Look, we're losing a million pound a month," which is the figure from some clubs is a million pound a month loss now. Yeah. Um, one hundred saying that, and then on the other hand, they're saying, "Look, we've re-signed 
everyone. So it does seem that there's a you know there's an appetite for players still, and particularly the uh, particularly the big names. They're still get still get, getting contracts. So I don't think we'll really know what the market value for players are until rugby kicks off again, and uh, all these contracts come up for discussion. So I, so one of the things that I've observed outside of rugby in terms of COVID nineteen is it has accelerated trends that were already taking place. So yes, two, two good examples would be the trend of people working from home and like um, remote working type stuff that has hugely been accelerated. And another one is the death of the high street, hugely accelerated. Um, but a lot, but like you say, a lot of the companies that have said, Oh, we're shutting down stores. We're offloading loads of stuff. They were in bad shape beforehand. It's, yeah. It's, well, it's, accelerated, yeah. it's accelerated the trend. Yeah. So yeah, it was already it, going that way. It was you, that that was the destination. It just got 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 it there a bit quicker. And one of the trends that was mentioned mentioned by us, but also mentioned by Charlie Morgan in a very good article a while ago in rugby was the squeezed middle, and mm. that was the the top players who do unique things. Who there are only a handful of people in the world that can do what they do. They are still commanding bigger salary, big salaries, and in fact, bigger salaries. Um, but everyone else. Players who were previously on 300k might have been on 200k, and people on 250 are now on 100. That's probably just accelerated that trend and dropped everyone. The, the top stars, Bowden Barrett, everyone will want a Bowden Barrett, a Manu Tuolagi, a Damian McKenzie, but your generic second row, back row, wing, they're going to be worth a lot, lot less. Yeah, we need, we need, we'll need to see what the game looks like once the crowds have, crowds have returned. But picking up on what you said about Gloucester, um, Grobler and Moster, two South African second rows going, um, I, I think there's a position that, yes, I know they're unique uh, men in just the size and shape of second rows makes them, more, makes them rarer. However, a lot of the work they do is less sort of skill-based and a, a lot of the work they do is just fitness and uh, physicality-based, which are things you can pluck from the championship, say, and get someone that does a reasonable job on no money at all. And when you're, when you're moneyballing it, do I want to spend 350 pound, uh, 350K on Franco Moster or whatever he was on? I don't know. I'm speculating. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do I want to get a, a, 70, a 70K championship mute? Yeah, like, there's plenty of them. There's pl- plenty of them. A, a, a front five from the championship. And I've, I've got... 250k I can spread around just upskilling other areas of the team and I think that's what the money ball situation is going to come into effect a little bit more you know I, think, I, I think for example second rows is one where people will cut costs big time do you know what I would yeah. do Tim I'd do nice of those things I'd, I'd, I'd go and spend 900k on, on Adam Coleman <laughs> bargain I, yeah I, I, uh, I'd, I'd invest the money for three map more starts and go get Adam Coleman that's what I'd do <laughs> just mind boggling isn't it um, you are right uh, because you know it, it's, it's an effort job, um, second row. There again, Craig, to find someone who can do the work that Mostart in particular does, he's just a machine. Yeah, oh, I'm, really... not, I'm not trying to play down what he does. Yeah. World Cup winner for goodness sake. I wonder what they're uh... going to do though. I mean, in their current squad now, who is there that steps up? Uh, James Craig, or is it James Craig or Alex Craig? I can't remember his name. Or is it no? He's at he's at, he's at Northampton. No, hold on. Then maybe who knows? Freddie, what's his face? Clark, Clark steps up Fre- into Freddie. the lock. I, I, that's exactly exactly what I was thinking. I honestly don't know. 
Maybe they've got some ballers in their academy that they're, they'll bring through. I, I sincerely hope that that is the case. It'd be great to see two enormous local uh, Gloucester locks tearing it up, but I just well, don't see it. So they've, they've still got Ed Slater. They've just announced today or yesterday um, Matt Garvey is coming in, who can oh, do really? back row, He's... second row. Um, and it's, it is Alex Craig, who's the Craig. Northampton um, lock. But other than that, um, like Freddie Clark, Freddie Clark has played there occasionally, but he's not an out-and-out second row. Um, so who, who knows what they're going to be doing? Yeah. Mm. Well, um, so so we, we've even before the coronavirus, as you said, Phil, this has accelerated a lot of things, and the RFU were making job cuts over the last couple of years because they've o- overspent on the redevelopment of Twickenham and have found themselves with a little bit of a black hole to fill. And uh, 139, count them, 139 staff, which is about a third of all staff that work for the RFU. Yeah, about, about a quarter. It's huge, huge numbers. Yeah, between a quarter and a third of all staff yeah. now don't have a job. Yeah, but, it's awful, isn't it? It's awful. Because, like... The, the, it's, when you actually, it's, it's when you say that, you, you realise the human cost of it. That's, that's people who have yeah. mortgages and kids and and all the rest of it and and a, a, a big a big chunk of it you think is, was avoidable some of it wasn't avoidable some you know there a chunk were a few of it things was. i think were avoidable and one of the things i would say is like um i've got to have to be very careful how i phrase this uh, because it is awful um i, I just don't well, okay let, let's say something else first but firstly there are a lot of people in the rfu who will leave and they'll be able to get jobs jobs elsewhere which is great or at least i hope i hope they will if you're a press officer or you know your skills are immediately tra- tra- transferable people i really worry about are the people that join the rfu you know like as a community coach or community liaison now, i'm sure they do have a lot of good they're good people who've got a lot of transferable skills but it's not obvious to me where you go if you were a professional rugby coach for five years because that's effectively what they were um and that's a real shame because they're proper rugby people. They've been invested in the game, literally invested themselves in the game for God knows how many years. And now they're going to find themselves looking for a new role. So that, so that's very, 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 very um, disconcerting. Is that, do, do we know? Want... Do, we, do we know if that's where a chunk of the savings? Because if it is the community, community coaches, the people that go out and support coach development in clubs, go out and promote the game in schools. If those are, if those, if the axe has fallen on those, that will be. Awful. That's well, that's the to, worst move you can do. Well, it'll have to, I guess. I mean, if you get rid of a quarter of your staff, it's got to g- g- come from somewhere. Um, but and, but yet, we want to grow the game. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll talk about though is, you know, the RFU. They obviously couldn't predict coronavirus, but I do wonder, like, they should have built something on a more sustainable footing. I mean, if the, when when you hit a, hit a hiccup, you've got to get rid of one quarter of your staff. And it's not a business, right? It's not a business in the sense it makes something and there's a demand for a product. It's a custodian of a bloody game. It's got a monopoly over a game. You know, it, it isn't, a, it isn't a, a traditional business. It should be in a better situation than it, uh, than it finds itself. Yeah, yeah it, does, it, even, it, doesn't have a share, it doesn't have shareholders to answer to that want no. increased profits every year, is it? It's no, organized, exactly. So it could, it could sit on a, on a huge... It could have a big vault underneath, underneath Twickenham and just keep a load of gold bullions in there. Absolutely. <laughs> basically, a rugby sovereign wealth fund. It could do all sorts. 
the other thing as well is like, did it overstretch itself? Did it overstretch itself when it decided to have so so, so many community coaches or so many press officers or? You know, was it built on on an unsustainable footing? And you're saying right now, the answer sounds like yes, it was. It does look like that with a global pandemic and the subsequent recession. Um, yeah, it's, it's not is not in a good position at all. Um, with with all of that, well, we still don't know what the the next opportunity for England to have England the RFU to have significant um, revenues is going to be. We still don't know what the autumn international, the test window, what it might look like, or even what next year's Six Nations might look like. Well, at this point, yeah. I'd just I'd put out a little plea to all of the stakeholders in the game. Think long term. I think there's I understand you need to think short term and make immediate decisions, but I think I just I just feel like people are trying to take fish out of a pond that is slowly drying up rather than going let's build a little canal network that means, oh, I, I don't know, I'm mixing, cr- I'm crossing <laughs> metaphors, but you get my no, point. No. Carol, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, basically there's, there's, there's an ever-decreasing circle and they're sort of trying to defend that, that pond that's drying up rather than looking at other, other water sources around. And it's, uh, I, ju- I just worry that, like, say, for example, the RFU will go, we need to cut our cloth, so we'll cut down on community coaches. The knock-on effect of that will be there'll be less people from schools getting into rugby, which means 10, 15 years down the line, the player pool is much sport- smaller. The, the local clubs don't have the this- subs to support and the people paying in the bar to support the, the, um, the club making money. Nice one. Just getting my... Sorry, just getting some food dropped off. Thank oh, you. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, lovely. Look at that. Look at that I service. Mean, yeah, yeah. You see, you get my point. But but then the yeah, clubs, yeah, the clubs are also going. We want our Premiership money now, but they're not thinking, or, or the, the the unions are thinking, we want our international ticket money now. But what what what's World Rugby going to look like in ten years' time if only two teams can win the World Cup, for example? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that. Uh, the onus now is on people in clubs, much like myself, much like anyone else who goes to a club every week. Just, just do your bit. Just, just do your bit. If, if, that, if that means holding the tackle bag, do that. If that means uh, coaching the end of eights or whatever it is, do that. You know, that's what that's what we need. We need people and volunteers who um, will fill fill the gap left by what you know from whatever the the RFU leaves. So yeah, and I'm not actually adverse to that. I mean, if you can't be bothered going down your club to do something, maybe you don't deserve a club. Yeah, it's, I, I, I really see Tim's point about the... Yeah, I do as well, completely. The, the community coaches, and you're taking that layer of introduction of the game to people, and people who might might not have a local club, or certainly not one that's in walking distance or, or easy commuting distance, and they get no other they opportunity said, to I'm experience sure, the game. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that the RFU, fair play, so there's a lot of things that the RFU do which annoy me. There's Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Things that the community coaches do and say that, that annoy me, like the eternal positivity about learning environments and nonsense like that, which really annoy me. One thing that they did do is they started up a rugby club in Withenshaw. Now, from what I know about the Withenshaw Shaw rugby club, I mean, if you, if you know Manchester, you'll know that Withenshaw is not uh, the most aspirational place. It's where the royal all. family was set. People will understand that. that the royal family was set in Withenshaw, yeah. Was it? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. All right. But yeah, they, they actually yeah. set up a, Wither, um, a Withenshaw team, which I think is, bloody, is, um, is absolutely amazing. I played against them. Yeah, Tim and I played against them. Oh yeah, of course, of course we all, uh, of course uh, we all did. But well, yeah, no, that, that you weren't there. Work. We played a Friday night game that you weren't there at, weren't you? No, I played. Phil I played scored. Phil really scored six tries, I think. Did I, I think, play? I think it was just five. Oh, it was but... only five. Sorry. <laughs> pretty, yeah, I definitely played. I've definitely played with him. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah, sorry, you did. It was the Sale FC game you didn't play. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know maybe volunteers can do that, but it does help if you've got a governing body that's willing to put in a coach um, and the resources and even things like supplying the balls and whatnot. Well, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what, JB? I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a bit of credit there because as you as you were saying about volunteers, you know what? I I care deeply about rugby. It's given me a hell of a lot. Um, I was the first person in my family ever to play. I I rocked up at Newby Rugby Club age five and. I've I've got so much from the sport, so many friends from the sport, so many brilliant experiences, and yeah, if 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 times are hard and and uh, I should probably step up a little bit, I should I should give up a little bit of my time because that's what at times like this, if we re- if we actually care and we think the games, we really believe that the game has a as a positive role to play for for kids and whatever and adults, then yeah, I, sh- I probably should do a little something, and I don't. You you coach at, at Didsbury. Uh, I, I yeah, don't. I'm not interested in kids for, for the record. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't care less about the junior section, but I certainly put in a lot of effort for the things I care about. Yeah. <laughs> so I think people should listen to listen to that and let, 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 yeah, let's yeah. all muck in if you can. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a that's a nice sensible way to leave that subject. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where next? Um, so you watched? Um, I'm going to confess, I haven't watched any rugby this weekend. I've as I say, the TMO shipping containers in Kent, that's where my sister lives. And we, we for the first time, got, got the family back together. So it's been a real big family weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So I've, I've not watched any rugby. I've got it recorded, ready to go as soon as I get home. Well, that'll be useful for the podcast that comes out on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, of course, it was the return of Super Rugby Otterilla and also its Australian counterpart. Now, there is a very good reason that farmers decide that they don't name their cattle or get close to them. I wish I would have taken this advice because I am irrationally annoyed that the Blues lost. Irrationally annoyed. <laughs> I can't believe they did. I mean, I can believe it. I think I've actually, actually predicted it. I don't, what was my, my, my prediction? Yeah, we all predicted the Crusaders would win. Did, I, oh. I thought, Jay, I thought Jay, you predicted the Blues. Definitely did. I think, we all, Maybe uh, not. We all... I think we all went for Crusaders. By the way, I think the big success story for the weekend, this bit I am aware of, fully aware of, we should congratulate Warren Gatland on not losing this weekend. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You did great. Wonderful, Warren. There you go. Just <laughs> d- don't play, can't lose. 
Yeah. <laughs> Perfect scenario. Oh, well, the Blues, they threw it away. They threw it away. Uh, have, you seen, have you seen the game, Phil? I've, I've seen the highlights rather than the full game. Oh, so, effectively, the Blues were doing everything right. It was all the Blues. Uh, after last week, when I said, Good, goodness me, the... Uh, the Crusaders are smart. Their line-out work is so smart. And actually, it is smart. You know, they came uh, this this week with a totally different line-out uh, line setup to the one which I've seen pre- previously. They were doing different things. Um, but the Blues basically had them in, in, almost, every, in almost every area. Uh, they were turning over line-outs. They were playing the sort of rugby which just applies pressure. They're making good decisions. And they got an early try. Where they lost it, and it was so obvious to me, because I was watching it, I was watching it with the benefit of knowing what the score was. But for me, when they lost it, it was about 13 minutes in. 13? 13, yeah, 13 to 20 minutes in. And the reason I say that is because they were so on top. They, they, um, they, they, they scored their try. Mark Slayer, who is an absolute weapon, yeah. uh, scampers down, down the wing, and then they commit their first real, real, real error. And from that error you see Canterbury get, getting in the game. And Canterbury mess everything up. Like, they miss their kicks, they don't score the try, the, uh, uh, they don't score, score, score their tries, so on and so forth. And because of that, uh, you expect then the Blues to take advantage and then put on more points. Because you know for a fact that if the Blues did that, if the Blues started missing their kicks and messing up, you know, try scoring opportunities, Canterbury would punish them. And they just didn't. And it's because he didn't take, take his chances then that, that well, there's, there's two turning points. So there was that. And then a little later on, the Blues all, you know, got, have got their tails up. And they kind of get a bit lazy. They start playing a faster sort of pace rugby. Because not, they're not the lazy, they're comfortable. But they inadvertently go away from what they were doing, which is playing good rugby with solid decisions, kicking the ball and making sure they can apply pressure to a game which suits Canterbury down to the ground. Because what the Canterbury want to do? They want to play the quickest game possible. And they just let them, you know, it's just those two, two decisions on, on 20, uh, about 13 minutes and about 60 minutes. So, so to your point that um, if Blues had given Canterbury opportunities, um, Canterbury would take them or Crusaders yeah. would take them. That's exactly right. And that plays out in the stats because um, it was one penalty. It, so it's two tries each. Um, yep. Of which Blues converted one, but um, Moonga converted both of them. But it was four penalties to one in terms of the scoring, but it was twelve penalties to six in terms of the actual penalty. So it was, it was the Blues errors that played out that gave the winning margin. Um, but it only played; it only actually played out from from me watching the highlights in the sixtieth minute. Yeah. When because until that point the Blues were leading. And it was it took it took that uh, Mitchell Drummond try in the 60th minute for things to start to turn, and once th- once things had turned, the pressure just built and built and built. Yeah. So Crusaders, uh, back to sort of something which we were talking about last week, doing a sports psychology thing. I'm sure there's something in the Crusaders. Uh, they must talk about this, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. So they kind of look like a. I think Saracens do this too. Which is, you can look at them for large periods of the game and think, that's average. I mean, they're, they're good, but they're not great. They're not, you know, lighting up. And then they get close or they get into a situation which they fancy. It's a different gear. And you see them going through the gears in, 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 in the first half. And the Blues successfully stop it and think, right, okay, now you've got to score your points. Because if you, if you don't take advantage of this, when they come again, they will score. 
But yeah, there must be some sort of sports psychology behind how they get the team to all switch on at, at that point because it does happen. And the, so the, the winning try, what was the, the final try of the game that, that sealed it for um, Crusaders? I loved watching that. So again, watching that, knowing the score and knowing the scorer. So yeah. I'm watching Will Jordan, who's been on fire this year. Yeah. Young lad, 21, 22-year-old winger, who's dropped to the bench this weekend for not a bad all-black back three of uh, Severy Reese, George Bridge and David Havili. Love Bridge. So Will, Will Jordan uh, yeah. gets dropped to the bench. But then you just see him, like his... He's on the blindside wing, ball comes to him, he ends up clearing a rook, and then the ball works its way back the other side. And you can just see him following the ball, following the ball, pick the time to make the run, picks the line, try time. It's a superb bit of play. But it both it is, Crusaders, it? but from him as an individual, as a, as a very young man, to have that awareness and pick that line is really, really good. Yeah, uh, I've got a whinge as well, a real moan. Um, uh, Bowden Barrett is just, is just a guy. Bowden Barrett at 15, I know you're going to say he's one of the best players in the world. Maybe you're right. But he, at 15, he is literally just a bloke which I've pulled, 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 pulled off the street. You could get any mid-range fly half to stand at fullback, catch the ball and kick it back. Yeah, it's not... He's not a world-class fullback. He's one of the best players in the world at 10. Are, are we seriously saying, right? Are we seriously saying uh, that Ottier Black couldn't stand with 15 on his back, catch the ball and kick it back? Is that what we're <laughs> saying? And that Ottier Black is better at 10 than Bowden Barrett. This is a world of madness. Madness. He needs to play 10. Well, potentially, do you think that... Because oh, I've, I've seen some highlights... Um, do you think, and Richie Mwanga looks like a bit of a wizard, do you think he's playing that well at 10 that that's why Bowden Barrett is at 15? It's come from but the top. I... It's come from the top. Yeah, it, it, you know, it may, may well be that. It may well be that. But I don't really care. I want the Blues to win. So, he has, <laughs> I mean, even if it's come from the top, right, you're getting the best player in the world, right, as defined by back-to-back world player of the year and multiple wins in, in egg, egg, chaser tie, egg chaser tie holder egg chaser tie holder right <laughs> and you're putting him at 15 and unless he is I don't think he's the best 15 in, in, um, in the world not, not by a long shot but well, he's he, the best 10 in the world he might not be the best 15 he might not be the best 15 in the Barrett family with, with yeah, the way that uh, Geordie Barrett is currently playing exactly the same way that Manu sorry Billy Vinopola isn't the best eight in the uh, Vinopola family. Uh, well, not immediate family. The wider family. Tulupe Palace Hours. <laughs> you know, it's exactly the same principle. Um, yeah, so I, that annoys me somewhat. He needs to play, 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 play at 10. Uh, you would say, wouldn't you, that maybe the guy's playing... Uh, who's the guy playing 15 for the, for the Crusaders? Uh, Havili was playing yeah. 15. I mean, he looks like just, just as good a fullback as Barrett. I love I love Havili. I think he's why not? I think he's massively oh, underrated. I think he's absolutely class. Yeah, it's just frustrating to say. I don't buy the two playmaker thing. I do buy the two playmaker things. If one of the playmakers happens to be a world class 15, first and foremost, that can also be a playmaker. Not a fullback. Uh, not a fly half at, at fullback. You're just upset because your beloved. Do you know, it is, this, it is this ridiculous fetish that people have. 
but oh, everyone has to have skills. It's got to be skills first, foremost. No, doing your job first and foremost <laughs> is the most important thing. And then you can worry about hookers kicking. Well, <sighs> after you, you, well, you can uh, bemoan your beloved Blues losing, and I can celebrate my beloved Hurricanes winning again. Yeah. Um, Another good win. I, I didn't say, oh yeah, and also... Egg Chasers Derby, massive win over Tim, Tim's Highlanders. Tim, you must be devastated. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the Landers, I don't know, my beloved Highlanders. I, I, know, I, know, I know I couldn't watch the game. I know I know nothing about I don't. I know I know very little about it, but I know that I'm deep it hurt your soul. inside. It's um, yeah. The, yeah. the pain. It was all, I almost yeah. had to call off the, the little family day we had today as a result. <laughs> <laughs> there's no pain like it, is a Tim? Your, no. your team losing in Super Rugby, Arteria, there's nothing like it. Can I say, I genuinely... I, I was thinking about this during this, this last few months. I was thinking, there's a bit of me that would quite like to have a team. Uh, and no. I, like... like, like I don't have a team whose score I look for first because yeah, like me, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like you, JB. Because I always my Saturdays were always taken up with playing, uh, with playing, and my brother is the only career at the in the top league that I ever followed. So I I would support, I would look for the Sale result or the London Irish result or who whoever he was playing for at the time. Uh, I don't have a team, and I, I think I quite well, like. A, I think I quite like a team. It, well, I think you should do this differently, right? Because you can't just have a team. It's kind of boring. Why don't you do it, right? So you've got a favourite player. Pick a player, and then follow, and then like, kind of like your brother, and then follow whichever team that that player that that player plays for. I quite like that. I'll I'll, I'll give you another. That's one proposal. I'll give you another idea. Join my team to stop sales developing the um, <laughs> Crossford Bridge land round the corner from my house and ruining been... my quality of life. Join that been, team, Tim. I've been retweeting uh, Crossford Bridge, um, or whatever it is, propaganda today. I desperately want that stadium. I how, how are we so different, right? That we, we both love... If someone said to me, we are going to build the Sale Shark Stadium in Charlton, I would take my own spade. <laughs> it would be like you digging it right. I can't for the life of some why this is not a good idea. It'd be brilliant for you. If they're going to build it in Charlton, I'd, I'd love that because I just could walk a, walk over one of the bridges on the Mersey. Could be there Cutting in, in twenty minutes. I, I'd quite you know an an organisation with the kudos of sale of sale shops back <laughs> in sale. You must. Yeah, and you're not thinking about a couple of years time when you could take Young Thomas to a game. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm thinking about when I'm trying to get out of my house and there's people parked, double parked on the road and uh, congestion and everything's blocked up. I've got some friends that live quite near Old Trafford and um, can confirm that is a massive ball ache. Yeah, even, but I would argue... Even in Cholton and in Sale old, when there's a, a United match, the whole thing just grinds to a halt. Yeah, but I would argue, and you know, call me mad, I would argue there's a difference between the crowds that United get and the crowds that sell shots. <laughs> not much of a difference. In scale, in more. scale, if nothing else. Yeah, 50, <laughs> United comfortably on a regular basis get well over fifteen percent more people than than sell shots. <laughs> Marginally more than fifteen percent. Yeah, more fifteen percent more. So you know? just before you jump onto the the Highlanders Hurricanes, um, if you were picking a New Zealand side for this coming weekend. 
Who wears the 10 jersey? Based on what you've seen in the well, Arturo Arte- It has so to be Richard Luongo, right? Well, yes, because Gordon Barrett is, hasn't worn the 10 jersey in the Super Rugby Arteria. So purely based on this, you're going for like uh, maybe Otte Black would be second choice or Mitch um, Hunt would be second choice. Well, but I mean, but, just... but yeah, but, uh, you know, Bowden Barrett's won a World Cup with a 10 on his back. Yeah. And he's yeah. won a World has Cup he? with a 15 on his back. Hang on, I don't think he has he, 10. He won a World Cup with a 23 on his back, maybe? 23 on his yeah. back, yes. Quite right. Possibly yeah, yeah, so that's the thing about Bowden Barrett. Everyone thinks he's won some, I mean, he has won a World Cup. He, he hasn't, he wasn't the starter for it. And I think the worst part about this is not only do you not make one of the best players in the world the best player in the world, you could basically take, strip that, that away from him. You also make it so that all the other chasing pack are not going to get a shot at the fly half shirt. So you start with is Richie Moore on form at the moment. Ottia Black's not going to get in that side because they're not going to put Ottia Black on the bench whilst Bowden Barrett is on, on at 15. Why would you do that? You just Because you just move Bowden Barrett around. Yeah, so who would wear, if you were picking a New Zealand you side see, for next weekend, who wears 15 then? Jordy Barrett. Yeah. It's Jordy getting Barrett. tough, isn't it? Because, um, because I, I, again, I, I've only seen a few highlights, haven't seen the game, but everyone seems to be raving about George Bridge. George, George Bridge is class. Will Jordan is class. Martellia is class. Caleb Clark is class. David Havili is class. Like, there's so much this talent. talent on show is... Like, I do Seven think... Reese is unreal. Like, the whole thing. I do think about Talia that he might not have the top-end gas. Because he did make that break. I mean, he did very well to make that break. And he's in the clear, and you expect him just to go. He never really hits his straps. So, I'm, I'm not sure if he's quick-quick. I'm sure I'm wrong on that. I, 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 that's just, just on that one thing. And also... I, I don't know. Maybe it's not big or powerful enough. I, I don't know. Something missing for me about about Talia. I like Talia. His, I like his, him a lot. His footwork and his ability to get over the game line, beat beat a defender, shimmy through, get over the game line is awesome. Well, I actually think his biggest attribute is the fact he seems to make the right decisions. He seems to be in the right position at the right time, stealing the ball or, or whatnot. I think that's absolutely golden. But phys- physically, maybe not. No, no, he's absolutely fine. I'm not going to say anything about that. And, and, <laughs> and will Richie Mwanga, if he were picked at 10 and he gets the chance, will he step up and deliver the type of dominant club performance for the All Blacks? Because he hasn't up until now. He, he's Well, yeah, he's not done it. I mean, I'm just trying to think back to the World Cup. Um, in, the, in the important group stage game against South Africa... The ultimate, the the champions, the World Cup champions, he performed really well, but then in the England game, not at all. Kind of went missing. So he might, he might need more experience on the biggest stage, but he has done it in three Super Rugby tournaments back to back to back. Mm. Like, Did the, you... the Crusaders have, have just been unreal for the last three years? Yeah, I did hate hate his post match though. Did you hear his post match? No. How's it, how, how is it you're so good? We're honest. We keep ourselves honest. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what And, that, and I'm going to have to cut the interview short here because uh, um, there's a dressing room needs sweeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've come off it, honestly. Um, I'll tell you one of the, one of the interesting positional debates um, will be, and I think it is still Dane Coles, but Hooker. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, Cody Taylor 
of of the Crusaders is absolutely class. And he is magnificent. The young lad, Asafa Almua, of I mean, he's about twenty-three. People have been talking him up for a few years now since he was the under twenties yeah, under twenties uh, captain and do- absolutely dominated. I mean, I, I've got is, to say, he is so powerful. He's so explosive. I like Cody Taylor a lot, uh, and I also like the lineup of the Crusaders a lot. Uh, but he did he did actually miss a few. And that could be a huge issue if you're playing against, I don't know, South Africa. Or England. Or England. Or anyone, frankly. But I do love him. I think he's a brilliant player. Yeah. He's quite old as well, isn't he? 29. So maybe time to move on anyway. <laughs> Get um, Almua in. He is class. And someone like him off the bench as well. He's just so powerful. Uh, I tell you who is destined for a European contract and a, and a big one at that. And will be an absolute dominant force. Pa- um, I can never say his name, but I absolutely love watching him play. Patrick Tuapalotu. Yeah. <laughs> he's destined to come over to Europe. I know he is. He's, he's now like really making the most of his talents. He's he really achieving boy. what he's always been destined to do. He, he's, he's like one of those very rare. Do you know what we were talking about? Um, locks that just run around and do all the hard unnoticed craft. Well, he might do the things which are unnoticed, hence we've not noticed them. Uh, hence we've not noticed them, but he also does some spectacular things. Some of his hitting and carrying. Yeah. He just is so, he's just such an abrasive, he's just awesome. He's absolutely awesome. So, once again, we can wrap that up by saying there might be some talent in New Zealand. There might be a few handy <laughs> yeah. players. They're okay. Kiwis. It's all okay in New Zealand. Now, can I tell you a little anecdote? about the <laughs> Australian rugby. I don't know if it reflects the worst on me or Australian rugby. You can make up that, that decision. But I actually watched a game of Australian rugby this weekend. Um, and it was, a, it was a, another victory, back-to-back victories by the Reds, who beat the Waratahs, which I thought was you know, marvellous going. Until I looked on Twitter a few hours later when someone informed me that the Reds had drawn... I watched the same game as last week because Sky decided to repeat it early morning on Friday and I did not notice I am watching the same game as last week's. And I don't know if that tells, tells you I'm very stupid or that Australian rugby is so dull and so boring that I couldn't actually decipher that this is a different game. Well, you obviously went, oh God, I'll tell you what, this new Australian super rugby format is weird. Only a three-minute half-time break. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I only caught the back end of the second half, so I didn't watch the I didn't watch the, watch the whole thing. But we had an interesting conversation about Australian rugby in, in the car actually, which was whereas with New Zealand we're discussing Richie Moana, and then you got the best player in the world playing fifteen, and then you got this cavalcade of other amazing tens all scattered all over Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, it looks like Australia have settled for two guys who never, who couldn't even play 10 in the Premiership. And it's good to see them playing 10 and getting game time. But let's not pretend that they are out-and-out 10s. Yeah, you're referring to um, Matt Tamua at the Rebels and James O'Connor at, yeah. at the Reds, who, who had a, an underwhelming 18-all draw, even after 10 minutes each way of the sudden death point. They still, could, they still couldn't. They couldn't do it. Still couldn't do it. Still couldn't get a result. So I actually think Matt Tamua is more fly-harpy 
than James O'Connor, who to me is a very talented player, a supremely talented player, just not fly off. I mean, you have to, it is a craft, you've got to work at it. You can't just you know, show up there and, um, and become a fly half. He didn't play any fly half at sale, any. Well, in, in this game, he threw three try scoring passes, uh-huh. um, albeit one of them was an interception. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> one of them was a good yard forward. Um, and it, it went to the TMO, and the TMO was either still asleep or totally bored and waved it through. So it, it got given, but it was, oh my word. it was at least a yard forward. Um, and the other one was actually a very good pass, albeit it then took an, another um, magnificent bit of skill by the winger to, to set up the try. Yeah, He's, he is, like I say, a very talented player. Um, just, no. I'm not having it. I'm not having that. He is the, he is the future of Australian rugby at fly half. It is, it is genuinely good because I've always quite liked James O'Connor. Um, I, back to when he was like 19 or 20, playing fly half, wing, fullback, centre all over the place for Australia when he first burst onto the scene. And it is good because I know he's had a few issues with um, his behaviour and all the rest of it and, and his weight. Um, but and his looks, ankle. He, he looks fast. He and looks his hair, steppy, and his hair, and his, his hair, and his breathing. <laughs> his hair and his breathing as well. Massive issues, but it is good just to see him looking good, looking lean, and looking focused. Yeah. As long as he's playing, as long as he's playing, and getting time. But again, is it the best use of his talents? Is he? Be- I mean, maybe he wants to do that because I know he wanted to desperately play. He came to Sale to to play ten, and for whatever well, for whatever reason it was, he didn't end, end, end up at ten. So I wonder if he has said, I am playing 10 now, and that's why I'm, I'm coming back to, back to the Reds. But to me, I don't know if it's the best use of his talents. I'm, I'm surprised if that were the case. Like Brad, Brad Thorne strikes me as a total no-nonsense DOR. Like it, yeah. it doesn't strike me as... So it might be that he is the best 10 in that squad. Yeah, it could like, well, That, that it might could say well more be. about the squad than anything else. But I can't imagine Brad Thorne would allow that, like someone to totally dictate his way of playing. Yep, I can see that. But it depends. Depends if if the ALU want him to mind you. What 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 are the ALU up to? You know, who knows? Yeah, God, God knows. ALU have got bigger things to worry about than who who's going to play start at ten for the Reds. Yeah, no, no, they're worrying. They're worried about even having a starting ten. They're worried about having a national team. <laughs> well, do you know what we need to do? The new frontier of rugby that we need to go and support is yes. in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yes, a finally. tiny, a tiny cluster of volcanic islands. Hawaii could get a major league rugby team. If that yeah, happens, so we make the commitment right now that we're going to go and watch because they need our support. <laughs> we, we, did, we did say, didn't we? And right at the start of the show, you know, rugby's in a dire place with coronavirus. Support your local team. We should go <laughs> and support that team. It sounds like they, they've got some significant backers. I mean, Jerome Kano. Rockathoko, John John Afoa, <laughs> are all listed as right. being involved. Can I can I just correct you there? Right, some petitions are easier to sign. Than <laughs> you know, if someone put a, a piece of paper in front of me and said, "Will you sign this in order to get a uh, you know, a professional rugby team on the on the island of Ibiza?" 
I, I would sign that piece of paper pretty quickly. Uh, I can't imagine they needed much persuading to become a backer of Hawaiian rugby. <laughs> well, they might be there. They'll be there on game day. Yeah. Can you hey, imagine the stash? They... Imagine the stash. Well, have you seen the Hawaiian team, the Hawaiian college football team stash? No. Best Googler out. I, I would suggest. Oh, it didn't one of did one of the top seeds uh, play for them? Uh, one of the top draft picks. Mm, quite possibly. Mm, quite sure possibly. I'm so disconnected from the NFL. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Oh, he's from Hawaii. No, no, no. The quarterback that went to Miami Dolphins, I think, is from Hawaii. I don't think he was at the university. All uh, right. So they've got. Um, looks a bit like Green Bay. Green and white. Uh, yeah, but. Um, has it not got the rainbows on? It has got the rainbows. So cool. <laughs> rainbows, so yeah, rainbow shoulders and then the rainbow stripes down the legs. Yeah, it's an amazing kit. And actually, you know, they don't need to do, you know, they don't need to do any of the outreach stuff. I mean, they've already got it, you know, actually in their kit. It's perfect. So they are Hawaii Rainbow Warriors Football, University yeah. of Hawaii at Manoa. Awesome. I'd be I'd, I'd be up for I'd be up for you know really sacrificing ourselves and supporting Hawaiian rugby. Absolutely, so it's the right. Do you know? You think about it. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> I also do really want to support rugby in Texas as well. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like fun too. Yeah, it does, and it's yeah. I mean, people in Texas have it hard. I mean, we need to support them because otherwise they might run out of oil money. You never know. Mm. And who's uh, going to drink? Who who else is going to drink all those Gilgronies mm. in Austin? I, I will just point out this. Um, I believe I have got a, I think I've got a tankard in this in the rugby dungeon somewhere from Hawaii Harlequins, which was sent to us from Hawaii as like a gift. Wow, oh, wonderful! Yeah. Oh, you, and you got something else uh, this week, didn't you? Oh yeah, I've got packets of Negroni sent uh, sent sent through the post. Mail order Negroni. Huh? Mail order Negroni. So, how, I, what actually is that? Because Negroni is a liquid. What are those packets? Yeah, they are. So, I can describe them as um, it's a brand, it's a brand of vermouth, which I can't remember how to say now, which would be, that would delight the brand manager that sent me the packets uh, <laughs> <laughs> of Negroni. But I can't remember the. Uh, Remember the brand, but as soon as I do remember it, I will, uh, I will share that with you. Uh, and it's basically the size of a C, uh, of an old CD case, maybe a tad thicker. And then inside it, you've got a ba- you know basically a, um, a, a bladder of, of of some sort filled with delicious Negroni. Oh, okay, so there is rice. there is actually <laughs> liquid in there. Yeah, I thought it was like a almost like a powder that you had to rehydrate. Looking powder at what Negroni. you sent me, what? What could possibly go wrong with a bunch of drunken lads and powdered Negroni? <laughs> you can uh, you can send flowers flat through on, in an envelope now. They can do all sorts in an envelope. Wow! What? Flowers you send, envelope. You can send flowers in an envelope, a flat envelope, Ooh. and you open them up and they're like a bunch of flowers. It's right, no. It's, it's, yeah, true. It's, it's true. It's true. Um, uh, but but on this one, uh, Jack Wakeham has got in touch with us and said that uh, over the weekend he had his first Negroni last night, Saturday night, in fact, when he went out to a restaurant. So he saw it on the menu, inspired by us, thought, I'm going to do a Negroni. He said, where's JB gone? He's gone to find the brand. He might be finding the brand, yeah. Oh, 
Oh, well, I'll tell you then, Phil. So uh, Jack Wakeham yes, said, uh, had his first ever Negroni, inspired by us, said, it was delicious. I was highly disappointed. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I had a unique taste. But I think they're absolutely delicious. I love them. Yeah, I, I feel like we've got into them in the same way that um, you know, cap, um, p- people who have been captured get Stockholm Syndrome, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so Hawaii Harlequins... 1964 to uh, rugby, uh, they are 50th anniversary of Hawaii Harlequins. There, awesome, uh, that's good. beautiful. And this is and this is the brand of vermouth, uh, Kochi, Storeki, uh, Cocky or Kochi, co- or yeah, there you go. Delicious stuff, delicious, highly recommended. Um, what was our other thing? What else have we got? So there's a couple of little announcements from Europe or from France. So um, top 14 are also reducing their salary cap. Um, They're reducing it by about 1.4 million euros next year. And there are then further reductions planned for for future years. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're following the same trend. So this, the the overall trend of rugby players getting cheaper looks like it is going to continue or certainly most rugby players getting cheaper uh, yeah. is going to continue. Um, and the other bit of news was the um, European Cup final, which was supposed to have been in Marseille or the two finals, the um, Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup, which was supposed to have been in Marseille in May. That has been kicked back to next year and they're looking for a venue for it to be this year. This year. And um, you wonder whether it'll be to October. be confirmed. Will it be to be confirmed based on who is appearing in said final? Or Probably. Well, we can assume that it's going to be in October and it is unlikely that there will be crowds at it. Um, so the look, you, you want whatever is the most convenient to get TV broadcasting for the two teams to get to. Yeah, that's agree. probably the mo- that will be the priority. I would get would guess. Mm. But then, you, here's an angle that we've not spoke about yet, because everyone's talking about the league uh, starting again. No one spoke about Europe, and uh, if Saracens, some, I mean, I don't know what team they are, but if they somehow win this European Cup, this will be their greatest achievement by far, by far. Uh, I, I might be tempted to agree. I just can't see them winning it because they've got to go to, to Leinster, haven't they? Although, although going to Leinster without the crowd is a massive boost for Saracens. Yeah, it is, True. isn't it? Yeah. There's Leinster. Basically, got the England boys plus a few others. I mean, they could do it if they catch them on an off day. That's the... Is that a semi? No, it's a quarter. Quarter. And then yeah. the semi will be about against bloody Toulouse or someone. Racing. To, well, Ulster, mate. Not Toulouse. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that. I think I think everything's ticked off of our to-do list. Obviously, a massive story is going to drop on Monday morning that we then can't talk about. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Ten to midnight on Sunday night, a massive story will drop. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Well, there we go. Nice pocket-sized podcast for you. Well, I think it was a good... It was a good I, I, I'm looking at the clock. It's a good, good hour and a quarter. Yeah, Beautiful. so yeah, the length of most normal podcasts, just a little bit longer than most normal podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> for, exactly. For normal broadcasters. <laughs> um, 
Gents, have a, have a, have a lovely week. Yes, enjoy Kent, and I will see you next time. And in fact, that's what we'll do. We'll say as soon as this lockdown is open, we'll drink our CD packets worth of Negronis. Oh, can't wait. Yes, can't wait. Oh, beautiful. You can have yours out of your Hawaii Harlequins tankard. Um, uh, absolutely. It's full, it's full of um, Airfix missiles at the moment. That's okay. <laughs> you know, no know <laughs> just, just to say, if you, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, um, we don't ask for any money. Uh, however, hit subscribe. That really helps. Uh, leave a five-star review. That really helps. Tell your mates. That really helps. Do all of those things and let the boys play. Yeah, let's play. Sweet. Right, I'll get busy. Nice Good one. Stuff. Right. See you, chaps. Take it easy. Bye.